I love doing what I do, even even when we do get flooded like this. And you know, um, you know, there's probably one. I don't think you'll ever hear me complaining about it's too dry, because I can I can fix that. <laughs> but I just yeah, I can't fix these floods. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Who'd be a farmer? Drought, floods, insect plagues. It's a constant battle with the elements. We've caught up with Block 11 Organics owner Greg Cassandra a few times on the Deep in the Weeds network. And given the impact of the recent floods, we thought we'd check in on Greg and see how the farm is. Greg, how are you? I'm well, Anthony. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, well, most of the water's receded, which is good. And hopefully we can get back on with it and get going. It's been a pretty dramatic period of time and um, people have lost everything. What's it been like dealing with the with the floods where you are? So our place at Richmond, I think three quarters of it went underwater. So at the deepest part, it was probably a metre and a half of water up to, um, you know, to, to some crop which survived. Um, yeah, so I think there's about eight acres of sweet corn and two acres of other veg that's mixed that we've... Well, I'm not sure we've lost all of it. I had a very quick look there the other day when I could get back there and some of it looks like it survived, which is good, but then, yeah, some of it's gone. But, look, for us, you know, we've lost a bit of crop, mate. It's um, A lot of people have lost more than crop, you know, including their houses, um, cars, you name it. They've lost property. We're very fortunate in where we are. The water has never broken the bank since we've been there, since 1939. So we've got a, a strip there where we can just leave all our machinery, tractors, sheds, etc., and they're, they're yet to be touched. So um, we're lucky in that regard. There's not a lot of effort needs to go into preparing ourselves for a flood. We sort of pull our pump up out of the river, um, get it up to the high ground, and then basically we sort of just have to sit back and and wait and see what happens. So so this flood was interesting in that it it was a 10-day flood, so that was four days longer than last year, and and Dad had never seen Dad had never seen a six-day one, which was last year. But so this one, what what basically happened? We got a lot of local rain that actually lifted the river to a I think it was only a so we got in that initial graze, we got no water on the property. But then it really started to rain, especially in the catchment areas. And, um, you know, I think there was six inches of rain in the catchment. And then prior to this flood, they were releasing a little bit of water out of Warragama. So the river had a little bit of, bit of a flow in it, but it wasn't too bad, which was good. But um, the water got higher on our property, but not on the river. And that's just because of what's happened downstream and water backed up. So... Yeah, it's, but because the river doesn't break the banks, we actually get this build-up of flood water that comes back onto our place slowly. So it's not, a, it's not the flow of the river or anything like that. So it doesn't actually, other than covering our crops, it doesn't really cause much damage. Before the floods, the growing season was already a challenge. Can you tell us about that? Well, <laughs> it, it was one that I was telling my family that we're just going to write in the diary as one to forget because look, we'd, we'd already had too much rain. And, and um, you know, look, I looked at some numbers there earlier today. 
In Richmond for this year, we've already had 680-odd mils of rain. Um, you know, I think the normal rainfall for the year is about 1,200. So, you know, yeah, and that, that was one problem. The, the, the soil was basically at total saturation, so we couldn't take any of that rainfall either, and that's why we got some localised flooding, which made it different. But, but it, look, even prior to all that rain, there was just – what we were getting was we were getting a lot of grey, no-sun days, which was just a real headache. And the other problem was when we did get like an inch or 25 mils of, or 30 mils of rain every 10 days, it was just making our planting program very, very difficult to, to, to be filling in and planting. So, so the way it works for us is we, we basically have a season. I'm going to, I'll use sweet corn as, as an example. So for us in Richmond, we start planting sweet corn the second week of August and we can plant till the second week in February normally. So in a perfect season, every seven days we're planting sweet corn so that we've got sweet corn till about June. And with the season we've had, you know, if we've missed 10 days, that was potentially, you know, five to 10 days, depending on how the crop grew and everything, that we wouldn't have product for the market. And if, if we don't have that product for one week out of out of our whole um, season of supply, sometimes that's the week when it's actually worth really good money when you actually can be making a lot of your profit for the whole season. And there'll be a lot of weeks in that season where all you're doing is, is doing a little bit better than breaking even. So, you know, potentially we, you know, we, we, we grew probably a third of the, of the corn that we would normally grow. Um, I remember speaking to you last time, I was telling you about a new crop I was playing with, well, just baby corn, so it wasn't a new crop, we are just halving it. So this year, harvesting at a different period. So this year, we just haven't had the opportunity to even harvest any baby corn because we've kept it all fully matured and just not had enough. I've had blokes ringing all week chasing sweet corn. Um, you know, and that, that's only one crop. You know, then you've got all the other crops that we grow. Um, tomatoes, we, we basically hardly planted any tomatoes. None of those ones out of the wild boar, ones out of California. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a nightmare. And look, and, and this, this basically, it's not only happening to me. Yeah, not everyone got flooded, but, but those wet periods affect everyone because this wet period has been virtually along the whole East Coast. Again, a bit like the drought three years ago. For um, there's been many farms um, further north from you that experienced extreme flooding as well. What sort of impact does that sort of extreme flooding have on the operations of a farm? Not just losing a crop, but it's, does it affect the soil and the nutrients and and getting things back on track? Look, look, I don't think it would affect the soil too badly because if you're on a floodplain and you're getting a lot of river water running over it anyway, what it's doing is dropping a lot of silt on the ground, which is not too bad for the, for the soil. But it, it just puts you out, like, like I just explained about our sweet corn season. You know, guys in other areas are no different to me. Their season might be a little bit different. You know, they, like in the north, they're more, more winter production or, or on the shoulder than what, what, the, what we are. But um, it just throws everything out of whack. And, um, and I think the market's seeing it at this very moment. Like, you know, some of the prices for product, especially leafy greens, are just unheard of. And, you know, look, 
yeah, someone might be making a dollar out of it, but there's a lot of blokes making no money because there's no crop to supply. The last couple of years have been challenging and you sort of detailed some of that. Does this, this sort of environment and the, the sort of uh, the elements sort of playing up like this, does that affect what you do and what you're going to plant in the future? It most definitely does. We're, um, well, as you know, I live in Orange and the farm we're talking about is in Richmond. So in Orange, we've got around 20 acres that we, we should be growing stuff on. But since COVID, with the opening of our online business, it's just been so hectic down there. Nothing really has happened in Orange except except for our apples. But um, I'm currently already trying to find someone that's going to help me in Orange. So I need some labour. And, and the problem with labour is, you know, most industries are can't get enough of it and and it's just you know I, I need i need some good people to help me and and we've already got more staff than we've ever had but i need some people in orange so that we can get 20 acres of production going up here so that if this does happen again it just spreads the risk as a farmer in your position what's better for you drought or floods or are they as bad as each other i'm sorry to everyone that doesn't have enough water but i'll, I'll take the drought any day um Look, especially at the moment, Anthony, we, in Richmond, we use half our water allocation in a drought year. And in Orange at the moment, we've probably got two to three years worth of water for irrigation. So while ever it's not raining, we're in control. You know, and that, and that was the classic with this season. Even, you know, when it wasn't raining, there was no sunlight, so the crops weren't growing properly. There was a lot of fungal disease around. Um, you know, I, I know the grape growers up here are going to get a crop, but their, their sprays have gone way too many days. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to be a great vintage. I, I, look, I'm not a winemaker, but I know what happens to fruit and veg when you get too much rain and you're basically diluting, you're diluting the sugars and the flavour. So, yeah, no, give us a drought any day. We'll, we'll take that one and work with it. Given the given the horrific impact that the floods have had on so many um, producers, what, what are the challenges going forward for supply of fruit and veg in twenty twenty two? Well, the biggest challenge challenges will be, um, you know, guys just, you know, basically anything leafy and green is struggling at the moment. Um, you know, we 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 did have some kale that didn't get flooded, but it's just gone rotten because there's so much rain on it and also no sunlight. Um, and because everyone's planting programs are out of whack, um, yeah, supply is going to be all over the place. And, and like I said earlier, that's pretty much along the east coast, you know. Well, there was flooding in, in southeast Queensland, so in the Lockyer Valley there, that, that, you know, they're just about to start their season. So I haven't actually spoken with anyone up there, but I know it, it wouldn't have been a good time for that to happen to them. And, you know, if, they, if they've got the rain... The Northern New South Wales got, which I think they did again. You know, they're, they're 10 days plus before they can even get back on their ground to, to start sowing again. Plus, if you're harvesting in the mud, all you're doing is, is, is you know, causing problems for your soil into the future. But you've got to do it because if you leave it there and it's worth money, you're not making anything. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be tough, especially, um, you know, if you're supplying restaurants. And, well, I've already spoken to guys... Some guys, you know, in restaurants who, who realise what the problem is and we're getting phone calls from guys, you know, just asking for anything 
but you know and i think everyone's in the same situation pretty much uh, as you mentioned a bit earlier, one of the things that did survive was the white corn. Tell, tell us a bit about it and what's so special about the white corn that you produce. Look, it's the first time we've grown it. I've seen it plenty of times in corn trials. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a cob that is just straight white. It's, um, the white super sweet kernels are normally sweeter than yellow. Um, it's just got a really good different look to it. Um, and yeah, it's just something different, you know. I'm always chasing something a little bit different. So, so that's we 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 ended up only planting one block, um, had enough seed for eight, and um, so with this one block that survived the flood, I, I think what I'm going to end up doing is just dropping a few boxes to some various restaurants, just to say here, have a look at it, have a play with it, and tell me if you want me to grow up for next season because we can't do any more this season that that's the other bad thing about this flood it's the timing of it it's just come at a period where you know we're on the tail end of planting autumn winter crops and it's the summer summer cropping planting cropping is over so yeah with, with so many producers impacted and you've been, um, you know, it's three generations of your family that have been producing organic produce. Uh, how, how do you remain positive and keep moving forward when there's so many challenges and adversity such as floods? Uh, look, it's, look it's, it's what I do. It's what I, I love doing it. And, and look, like I said, look, I'm, I'm, Look, when I was younger and we got these floods, it was great. We went to school, there was no teachers there. You had a ball, but now, <laughs> you know. Look, and, and look, yeah, we, we, there's a dollar value that we've lost. But we, to get to the point where we are now, that dollar value that we're not going to get isn't what's been lost. It's, it's sort of, it's, I don't know, is, is it the opportunity cost or, or profit that we've lost? Because I knew every, every cob we grew, we had a home for of corn and then you know there was some other stuff we, we were growing gherkins as well i've been trying to grow gherkins for some guys for three years and i still haven't delivered any and the seasons have been the issue there but you know look i just kept look i i look at the corn anthony and i think jesus you know that looks really good in in this year we've been able to manage to grow a cob like that you know i've got some pumpkin seed crops down there that have survived you know and i look at them and i think yeah well you know, next year we're going hard with this stuff. And, you know, there's just the, there's these things that drive you. So, and, um, you know, it's it's in the blood and it's, I, I don't know, it's just I, I love doing what I do, even even when we do get flooded like this. And, you know, um, you know, there's probably one, I, I don't think you'll ever hear me complaining about it's too dry because I can, I can fix that. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, I can't fix these floods. So, and yeah, look, mate, look, like I said earlier too, you know, we've lost a little bit of crop and, you know, I, I can get down there into Richmond next week and get on a tractor and hopefully we're away, provided there's no more rain. And, you know, that's the other impact. If we, if we get a shower of rain, even at the end of the week, five, 10 mils, you know, that's rain on wet ground, which holds us up again as well. That's the hardest part about this. We just, we don't know when we can actually start again. You know, we need seedlings that, that, that have been ordered. So, you know, you can't just ring up a guy and say, hey, give me 10,000 cauliflower or cabbage seedlings. They're, they're ordered eight weeks, 10 weeks ago, you know, and they're part of a program as well. We've, we've actually got a, 
you know, probably 20,000 seedlings down there that we haven't been able to plant. So, you know, the whole the, the whole program's out of whack, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get onto that ground, work it up and, and get going again. And, and I think, you know, every, everyone's just got to understand it's, it's out of our control, but it will all come back. And, um, yeah, it'll be good when it does settle down a bit and we get some real nice sunny weather and we'll see what happens. Well, Greg, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. You're a bloody inspiration, mate. Um, good luck with the year ahead, and um, we'll catch up again, no doubt, down the track. Thanks, Anthony. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.